I occasionally mention this. I minister in love. I love you. I care deeply for you. I faithfully pray for you. And that's just a reminder of you know, where my heart is and my concern. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that you do lead us. You've begun a work in us. You continue that work. As we consider your word this morning, we want to be hearers and doers of your word for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Charles is a junior in high school. He seeks to be faithful to the Lord and renewing his mind, respect for his parents, respect for authorities at school, and involvement in his local church. He's a laid-back sort of fellow and does not strongly express his opinions. As a group of guys were talking at school one day, he was asked a direct question concerning his thoughts on pornography and sexuality. In a simple, straightforward manner, he stated that he believed pornography was not good in any manner. And he wanted to wait until marriage for sex. They poked some fun at him, and he thought that was a non-issue. Several days later, several guys who were not in the group of guys earlier cornered him and said some very unkind and cutting things to him. Word spread about him living in the dark ages in terms of his views and sexuality. For weeks he heard comments that cut deeply. How should Charles respond to the original guys who heard him and the people who made comments to him afterward? In 1 Peter, Peter writes to believers in Christ who are experiencing persecution and rejection due to their faith in Christ. This persecution was coming from friends, neighbors, co-workers, not the government. Peter emphasizes their identity in Christ and the fact that they are aliens and strangers in the world due to being elected by God. And he instructs them how to live. And we will read together 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 8. 1 Peter 3 and verse 8. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, And his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. As Peter writes to those who are hearing or hearing this letter, 
He emphasizes their identity in Christ, who they are. They're elected. They're a chosen people. They have an inheritance. They're a holy priesthood or a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. He teaches them and guides them in how to live well. He speaks to citizens. He speaks to slaves, to wives, to husbands, and to believers in general, as verse 8. Finally, all of you, after addressing citizens, slaves, wives, and husbands, he says, all of you. And he implies that living in a godly way may open the door to having a receptive audience. Because in verse 15, he says, in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you concerning the hope that you have. So apparently... Living well as a citizen, living well as a slave, living well as a husband and wife, or believers in general, results in people observing, taking notice, and being willing to respond and ask questions. That, or t- three weeks ago it would be, we looked at verse 8, where he says, live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. This morning we want to look at verse 9. Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. In this verse, Paul turns his attention to the reason that apparently precipitated his letter the relationship of the people to whom he is writing with hostile people outside the Christian community. And he introduces a topic that extends to verse 19 of chapter 4. How believers are to live the gospel in a world that is suspicious of believers and even hostile to them. And again, understanding the culture at this point is important. (coughs) Picked up a cold while we were away. J. H. Eliot identifies the expressions of hostility as insult, defamation of character, and verbal abuse. And those weapons are used in a shame-honor culture. A shame-honor culture is where if you don't live according to the cultural norms, you are shunned, you're set aside. Honor, if you live according to cultural norms, you're lifted up, you're exalted. So understand that the Christian response of non-retaliation as recommended in verse 9 would be a would be startling within that culture. Peter instructs Christians to forgo the usual verbal retaliation that would be necessary to successfully defend oneself and one's honor and the reputation of one's community. Given the tendency of human nature to retaliate, coupled with a social expectation to do so, the Christian who refrains from verbal response 
and instead offers blessing would cause unbelievers to pause. Let's define some words. Peter says, do not repay evil with evil. The idea of repay is to to give an answer to a claim or an expectation. It means to render back, to recompense, to discharge an obligation. And the obligation in this case is that if someone renders you evil, you return evil. And Peter is saying, don't repay. Evil with evil or insult with insult. There's a responsibility Peter mentions, but it's not according to cultural norms. Cultural norms, whether it be the culture of Peter's day or the culture today, tends to be evil with evil, insult with insult. And we see that in an abundant way over and over again. In our culture, it was true in Peter's day. But he says in the body of Christ, evil is to be returned with blessing. Insult is to be returned with blessing. And he's writing to people that are being attacked verbally, being criticized, being torn down because of their faith in Christ. And he said, no evil with evil, no insult with insult, but instead with blessing. What is evil? Worthless, corrupt, harmful injury. And in the context, he's talking about words. So a husband is criticized in that culture because he's being considered of his wife. He's not treating her as a second-rate person, but one, a fellow heir, of the kingdom of God. That's evil. He's tore down. A slave is criticized and verbally abused because he or she willingly submits to his or her master. Peter says, don't repay evil with evil. He says, don't repay insult with insult. The idea of insult is a railing, a reviling, a reproach, a tearing down. And again, it's primarily words. Take your Bibles and turn to Mark, chapter 14. (coughs) Mark, chapter 14. We find here Christ, his trial, his crucifixion. Mark 14 and verse 53. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief of priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with all the guards and warmed himself. The chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death. But they could not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not match. 
Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this man-made temple, and in three days I will build another not made by man. (coughs) Yet even their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you going not going to answer? What is this testimony that you these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Go over to chapter 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priest and the elders, the teachers of the law and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say. Jesus replied, the chief priest accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. We find in Jesus, he did not return insult for insult. What is the contrast to not repaying evil for evil and blessing for bless or evil for evil and insult with insult? The contrast is blessing. Think about our culture today. In the political scene, it's attack, attack, attack. Many times in families, it's attack, attack, attack. One says something and the other responds, evil with evil, insult with insult. School, many times it's attack, attack. And in the workplace, many times it's attack, attack. Social media, many times it's attack, attack. Someone says something, someone responds. We live, I think, in a much stronger shame culture than we might realize. Shame is used to promote one's agenda. Shame is expressed by bringing into question the other person or group by digging up dirt or making up dirt and then speaking it through the press, the internet, social media. What has been said as a result of homosexuality and people's views on that? The definition of marriage or abortion or end-of-life issues. And from what I've read among teens, teens can be pretty cruel towards one another and attacking Evil with evil, insult with insult. And at times we're even afraid to express ourselves because what's someone going to say? What was happening in Peter's culture is a reality today. And what Peter says, don't repay evil with evil, insult with insult, but with blessing. What does it mean to bless someone Describe praise, to confer a favor, to give good speech, the invocation of good. A response of blessing breaks the downward spiral of evil and insult. It takes two sides for a battle. To continue, Charles, 
Depends on his response as to whether the battle continued with his classmates. Someone's criticized on social media. How you respond is going to determine if there is a battle. A husband is being criticized because of his consideration for his wife in Peter's day. How he responds is going to determine what happens. In 2.23 of 1 Peter, the example of Jesus' refusal to retaliate for unjust accusation broke the vicious cycle of escalating conflict. Chapter 2, verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. When there is accusations, and there's a blessing rather than evil for evil and insult with insult, that breaks the cycle. It's following the example of Christ. Chapter 3 and verse 9 is no doubt directed primarily to insult and abuse from outside the Christian community. But even if it comes from inside the Christian community, blessing rather than evil or an insult. J.H. Eliot points out, to the extent that Peter reflects the ethical teaching of Jesus, it further implies that Jesus must serve must be served and presented as an ethical model for all believers. Peter held up Jesus in chapter 2. Here he is talking about the outworking of that. When evil comes, when insult comes, there is a blessing. You can't separate Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection from the way he lived and the way he responded. They go hand in hand. Nor can we separate the believers in Peter's day or believers today that have come to faith in Christ that are elected by God and have an inheritance that won't perish, spoil and fade away in the way they live and respond. They go hand in hand. Peter shares concerning the teaching of Christ in chapter 2 and exhorts living it out in chapter 3 when there's evil, when there's insult. Acting, Acting rightly toward one's adversaries is defined in 1 Peter as not responding in kind to their insult slander, and evil, intense words. But having the inner power to respond with blessing. But as if none retaliation were not hard enough, the Christian is to respond to evil and insult with blessing. Well, I just won't say anything evil back. I won't give an insult back. Peter says, give a blessing. In the Greek, 
world, the word blessed means to publicly speak well of someone. Well, that may be in view here. It is probably the Jewish and Christian use of the term meaning to invoke God's favor on someone that is primarily intended. The self-controlled, or the self-control implied in this command is truly a supernatural fruit of the Spirit. When you're attacked with evil and insult, what do you want to do? You want to return that. And Peter says, with blessing. It takes a supernatural work. For it is exactly when we are insulted and treated with malicious intent that we are most tempted to respond in kind with gossip, exaggerating the extent of the fault or with outright slander. Those who are able not merely to clench their teeth and remain silent, but to pray and to respond with a blessing. There was a teacher one time was asking students to come up with a specific practical example of how someone might bless an adversary. And the story was shared of a young man, a soldier, who would read his Bible and pray every night before he went to bed. And he took a lot of ribbing for what he did. It happened over and over again. And one night as he was praying, a boot was thrown on him and hit him. It's a muddy boot. The next morning, the hostile soldier found his boots at the foot of his bed, cleaned, polished, and ready for inspection. Several soldiers in the company eventually became Christians as a result of the inner strength of one who could return blessing for insult. The Christian lifestyle is impossible in our own strength. Christ is the strength of Peter's hearers. Christ is our strength today. So you're sharing your view on marriage and you take some heat for it. Return with blessing because of power that is at work within you. You're criticized in social media for whatever reason. Return a blessing. Not evil or an insult. A slave is being criticized for submitting to his master willfully and freely and deliberately and he returns a blessing rather than an insult. That takes God at work in us. Notice as the text goes on, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called. Good building words are to be offered. Enabling the other person to go on. And this type of response breaks the downward spiral. Peter says, to this you were called. Evil, insult, with blessing. The idea of called here is an invitation into participation 
and the privileges of the gospel. To be styled, to call, or to be called to performance of a certain thing. The believer comes to Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit through the sprinkling of the blood of Christ, according to chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Through this passive birth being due to the Spirit at work in us, we are to perform blessing when evil or insult is directed at us. To be called is to be called into the participation with Christ of offering a blessing rather than evil or insult when evil is directed at you or an insult is directed at you. That's your calling. That's the believer's calling. That's the calling of the people to whom Peter is writing. You're criticized because of your faith. Blessing. You're insulted because of your obedience to God. Blessing. He says you're called to this because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. We think of inheriting something. We're thinking of something in the future. Yes. Apparently, something in the future is tied in with giving blessing for evil and insult. So so that you may inherit a blessing. And when we think about the future, whatever that involves, think about what Peter has said saints already have. They have experienced the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. They've been sprinkled with the blood of Christ. As a result, there's forgiveness. They have the new birth. They have a living hope, shielded by God's power, redeemed from the empty way of life, purified. That's all in 1 Peter chapter 1. He goes on, born again of imperishable seed, tasted the Lord's, that the Lord is good, being built into a spiritual house, chosen people, people of God, Receive mercy, Christ the shepherd and overseer of your souls. That's what we already have. He says, when evil comes, when insult comes, bless. So here's a culture in Peter's day where people are being shamed because they're willfully submitting to the civil government joyfully, submitting to their master as a slave joyfully, husbands and wives having relationships that are contrary to the cultural norm, believers living in harmony in spite of difference in economic standard, in spite of difference of race, in spite of difference of age. They're sympathetic. They're loving as brothers. They're compassionate. They're humble. Peter says, bless. So that you may inherit 
a blessing. Something coming as a result. Let's go back to Charles. Criticized strongly because of his views. What did he do? He spoke well of the original group of guys and others who tore him down. He offered to help them with a school project. And he brought some of them some snacks that he knew they liked. Blessing. When evil and insult came. As a Christian community today, how do we respond when there's criticism as it relates to our view on sexuality? When there's criticism maybe from the homosexual community or criticism because of a view on abortion or transgender issue or criticism because of the way you respond in school to a teacher or way you may respond on the job in relation to a boss. Our attitudes are words concerning our government. When we're shot at, are we responding with blessing? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that in Christ we've been sprinkled with blood. We have an inheritance that won't perish, spoil or fade away. We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. In light of who we are in Christ, in our culture today, as insults may come, as evil may come, being directed at us, maybe sometimes because we're a believer, maybe, maybe other times, other reasons, we want to be a people that is returning evil and insult with a blessing. Not returning evil for evil or an insult with an insult. We know for that to be a reality, Father, we need to live in light of the resources we have in Christ. You've given us what we need for life and godliness in Christ. And we know this, walking with you is supernatural, whether it be in Peter's day or today. Keep us sensitive to our responses, Father. And as we will discuss next week, as Peter quotes from Psalm 34, giving more reasons why we should respond with blessing when evil and insult comes. I pray, Father, that in light of our responses, as there are open doors to share with others why we live the way we do, 
that we'll have clarity and boldness in our sharing. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. In light of what we discussed this morning, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You're dismissed.